I'd like you to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You ever play the game, what if? There are a variety of versions. What if I had listened to my mother and hadn't married that guy? If you're a sports fan, maybe you play, what if the Rams had beaten the Patriots in Super Bowl 36? How would that change my life today? Well, Kurt Warner would probably be our quarterback still. What if the South had won the Civil War? What if I hadn't turned down that full-ride scholarship to Vanderbilt in order to come to SEMO? Well, Paul plays what if in verses 12 to 19, and notice how he sets the stage. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then, and he lifts the consequences. Paul says, let's play the game. What if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? How would your life be different today? And he's going to name six disastrous consequences. You say, well, why does he bring that up here? Well, he brings it up because, as we read in verse 12, some in the church at Corinth didn't believe in the resurrection. I don't know why they didn't believe. Maybe for worldly reasons, because they were too intellectual to believe something like that, maybe because of false teaching that was coming into the church. At any rate, some in the church were saying, dead men don't rise. It can't happen. However they got that opinion, they didn't get it from Scripture because Scripture is filled with the truth that the resurrection is going to happen. I love Job's words in 1926. He says, and though after my skin is gone, and worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God. Hebrews eleven nineteen tells us that Abraham believed that if he sacrificed his son Isaac, that God would raise him from the dead. Jesus said that everyone would rise. In John 5, 28, he says, Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming in which all who are in the tombs shall hear his voice and shall come forth, some to a resurrection of life and others to a resurrection of judgment. And if you read the book of Acts, the message of the apostles throughout the early church was that Jesus has risen. And not only Jesus has risen, but you will rise as well. In Acts 4-2, the priests and the Sadducees came up to the apostles greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And in the first 11 verses of chapter 15, Paul shows us that the resurrection is the very heart of the gospel. 
The gospel is that Jesus died for your sins, was buried, he rose again, and he appeared to eyewitnesses. And he says in verse 1, you have received that message, you stand in that message. Verse 2, you are saved by that message. And at the end of verse 11, notice he says, so you believed. And then he says in verse 12, or verse Yeah, verse 12. Now, if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead, how does some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? How can you say that you believe the gospel, the very heart of which is the resurrection of Christ, and yet you don't believe in the resurrection? And I think their answer would be, well, we believe that Jesus rose, but we don't believe that men rise because Jesus is different. He's not a man. And so what does he say in verse, 12, verse 13? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, if dead men don't rise, not even Christ has been raised. Why? Because Jesus is a man. And again, that truth is taught throughout Scripture. In Acts 2.22, Peter stepped out and gave the first sermon ever, and he said, he is Jesus the Nazarene, a man. In verse 21 of this chapter, notice what he says, for since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. How did death come into this world? Through a man, Adam. How did victory over death come into this world? Through a man, Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. In Mark 6.3, when Jesus did miracles in his hometown, the listeners said, Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. They saw Jesus and said, he grew up in this town. He's a guy who's got a job. He's a guy just like us. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. They didn't say, remember him? He's the little guy that went around with the halo on. Remember him? He was kind of like a phantom. He kind of went, came and went. No, he's a man. He's just a guy like us. And they took offense at him. I love it in John 19, 5, Pilate brought Jesus out before the hostile crowd, and he said, Behold the man. He was a man. Scripture tells us he was conceived in a woman's womb. He was born just like everyone else is born. He was circumcised. He possessed a human soul, had a human body. He grew in stature and wisdom and favor with God and man. He cried. He was hungry. He was thirsty. He was sleepy. He grew weary. He felt sorrow and grief and pain. His face was beaten with fists. He was whipped. He was nailed to a cross. He died. His side was pierced. He was buried. He was a man. In every aspect, in every way, in everything. And if dead men don't rise, then he didn't rise because he was a man. And he was a dead man. So you cannot deny or say that dead men don't rise and also say that Jesus did. This is like a domino effect. If you're going to say no resurrection for anybody, 
then you have to say that Jesus didn't rise. And so that's the presupposition they come with. So Paul says, if you're going to say no resurrection, then you've got to say no resurrection for Jesus. And then he says, all right, let's play what if. What if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? What would the consequences be to that? And he gives six disastrous results. Number one, our preaching is worthless. Look at verse 14. And if Christ is not raised, then our preaching is vain. The word vain means empty, worthless, useless. All the sermons you have ever heard, all the Christian books you have ever read, all the tapes, all the CDs, all the radio, all the television broadcasts of the gospel were a total waste of time because they are useless if Jesus did not rise from the dead. Because if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, you have pulled the core out of the gospel. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then I'm just standing up here saying nice words that have no power. If the one who said, you shall not perish, has perished, then the message is worthless. If the prince of life is dead, then the message is vain. If the one who promised eternal life has no life, there's no promise. If the one who holds the keys to death and hell can't unlock his own grave, then the message is worthless. See, I can stand up here Sunday after Sunday, and I can talk about his birth, I can talk about his righteous life, I can talk about all his miracles, I can talk about his teaching, his suffering, his death, but it's all meaningless if Jesus is still in the ground. Somebody told me the other day that they gave my set of tapes of Revelation to somebody. Guess what? If Jesus didn't rise, it's worthless because there is no future. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then we are dreaming hollow dreams. And we are hoping against hope. And we are chasing the wind. And I am standing up here today adding verbal pollution to an already verbally smog-filled world. It's great that you got up an hour early to be here today. But if Jesus didn't rise, that's a waste of time. And I looked in the post-dispatch. They have a list of churches there. I was looking through the list of churches in St. Louis, and one caught my eye. It was the Ethical Humanist Society. You know what their message was? Reflections on the Wizard of Oz. Now, let me tell you something. If Jesus didn't rise... You might as well have gone there this morning. Because if Jesus didn't rise, then we're only telling ancient nursery rhymes. Number one result 
when we say, what if Jesus didn't rise? Is our preaching is worthless? Second, our faith is worthless. Look at verse 14 again. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is vain. Your faith also is vain. Now, a lot of people say you got to have faith. Well, it's great to have faith, but faith doesn't really matter. Faith is only as valuable as the object that you put your faith in. And if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then your faith means nothing. You might as well believe in the Easter Bunny or Santa Claus is going to deliver you someday. If Jesus did not rise, then we are simply going through the motions. We are simply playing games. We often look back at Solomon with pity when Solomon said, Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. But if Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we have to join him because there's no good news, there's no hope, there's no purpose. We sang earlier, I can only imagine, well, that's all we can do if there's no resurrection. We just can imagine what we'll never experience if Jesus didn't rise. Why can we imagine what's going to happen in the future? Because Jesus rose from the dead, and he's going to fulfill those promises to us. Notice how Paul brings us to the logical conclusion of this in verse 32. He says, if from human motives I fought with wild beasts at Ephesus, what does it profit me? If I stand up for my Christian faith and they throw me before the lions and they eat me, what good is that if Jesus didn't rise from the dead? In fact, you know, if Jesus didn't rise from the dead and I get thrown to the lions, that's a pretty stupid thing to do. If you decide you're going to go to Turkey and give your life to present the gospel and you sacrifice your time and you sacrifice your life, and you die as a martyr, that's worthless if Jesus didn't die, or if Jesus didn't rise. If you're praying for the salvation of your family, let me ask you, what's the point if Jesus didn't rise? If you led your neighbor to Christ last week, what's the point if Jesus didn't rise? If you give and sacrifice and labor and strive in faithfulness to God, what's the point? You see, there's no reward, there's no future, there's no hope if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. So Paul says, look at the end of verse 32. If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, our faith is worthless. We might as well eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow that's interesting. Paul says, you know what? If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then the most logical way to live your life is hedonism. Live for today because there is no tomorrow. Which brings us to the other conclusion. If Jesus did rise from the dead, then how should we live our lives? We should live our lives for tomorrow and sacrifice today. So Paul says, what if Jesus didn't rise? Then your faith is worthless. 
because you have reached out to grasp a God who isn't there. You have tried to touch a Savior who isn't alive. You have believed in a gospel that didn't happen. What if Jesus didn't rise? Result number two, our faith is worthless. Thirdly, if Jesus didn't rise, the apostles were liars. Look at verse 15. Moreover, we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. Now this is what the Jewish leaders feared. That's why they went to Pilate to have the tomb guarded in case the disciples would come and steal his body and say that he had risen from the dead. So Paul says, if Jesus really didn't rise, then you're going to have to believe that that's what happened. I don't know about you, but that's a hard thing for me to believe. Because when you look at this little band of men, they were so fearful when Jesus was arrested that they all fled. They were so fearful when Jesus was on trial that their leader denied that he even knew him three times. They were so fearful after he was crucified that they huddled up and hid in a locked room. You're going to have to believe that this little band of men drummed up the courage to sneak past the Roman guard, to break the Roman seal, punishable by death, to roll away the stone, to carry away the body of Jesus and dispose of it in such a way that it never was seen again, and then to make a pact together that they were going to come out and tell everybody the lie that he rose from the dead. And not only that, but you're going to also have to assume that not just these 11 guys, but they're going to have to get Mary on board. They're going to have to get James on board. Verse 6 says he appeared to over 500 people. So they're going to bring all those people in and say, all right, we're all going to agree. We're going to tell everybody that he rose from the dead, even though we know that he didn't. And 50 days later, they came out in the streets of Jerusalem and said what? Jesus has risen from the dead, and we saw him. Now, if you're going to tell a lie, usually you have a motive behind a lie. What did they get for saying Jesus rose from the dead? They got the very persecution that they fled from earlier. So they said, let's tell a lie, it'll be great. We'll all say that Jesus rose from the dead, and they'll beat us up, and they'll put us in prison, and they'll eventually kill us. Who's in? You know, when they persecuted them in Acts 4.20, it says, their response was, we cannot stop speaking what we have seen and heard. Well, if Jesus didn't rise, they didn't see anything. And they didn't hear anything. And then you've got to believe this. You've got to believe that they coerced their biggest opponent, Saul of Tarsus, into changing sides. This guy who was ingrained in Judaism, this guy who was a Pharisee by his commitment, this guy who had so much zeal for his 
beliefs that he was killing Christians, they talked him into offending everything he ever stood for and turning away from everyone he ever stood with to join them in propagating this lie by standing up and saying, not only did Jesus appear to these guys, but Jesus appeared to me. And then you got to believe that these individuals, all these individuals, took this lie to their grave. Nobody divulged the hoax. Nobody stood up and said under interrogation, I really didn't see Jesus. It was all a big farce. In fact, almost all of the disciples died by execution. Which means you not only have to believe that they were liars, you have to believe that they were fools. Because they told a lie up until somebody said, all right, we're going to kill you for that lie. Who dies for a lie? we got to believe that if we're going to take the position that Jesus didn't rise from the dead. I love what Josh McDowell says. I think it's in his book, Evidence That Demands a Verdict. He says, after more than 700 hours of studying this subject and thoroughly investigating its foundation, I have come to the conclusion that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the most wicked, vicious, heartless hoaxes ever foisted upon the minds of men. Or it is the most fantastic fact of history. Take your pick. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then the apostles invented the most cruel and vicious lie ever told. Fourth consequence is that we're still guilty of our sins in verses 16 and 17. He says, for if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised... Your faith is worthless. You are still in your sins. You know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was God's stamp of approval on your forgiveness. It was God's way of confirming the person of Christ because Romans chapter 1 and verse 4 says, He was declared with power to be the Son of God by the resurrection from the dead. When God raised him from the dead, he was saying, this is my son. But it also confirmed the work of Christ because Romans 4.25 says he was raised because of our justification. When Jesus rose, God was saying, you're forgiven, you're justified, you're declared righteous. And so Paul says, so if Christ didn't rise from the dead, then your sins were not paid for and God is not satisfied and there is no redemption, there is no salvation, there is no atonement. See, the Bible tells us in 1 Peter 2.24 that Jesus bore our sins in his body on the tree. So if he didn't rise, then sin conquered him. If he didn't rise, then sin one, and you are still wearing your sin. We sang earlier, 
I hope you appreciate that. I'm wearing his righteousness. If Jesus didn't rise, guess what? You're wearing your filthy rags. You're wearing your sin, and you will still stand before God and be accountable for that. I'm thinking about Easter. There's a tradition in the Philippines where Filipino men allow themselves to be whipped until their backs are bloody. And then they have themselves literally nailed to wooden crosses on Good Friday of every year. And the article I read about that said that these guys do that in order to wash away their sins. Every year on Good Friday, they let somebody beat their back to a bloody pulp and nail them to a cross because they somehow think, if I do that, it'll wash away my sins. You know what that tells me? tells me they don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because when Jesus rose, God said, I'm satisfied with your sin. There's nothing you can add to that. And there's nothing you can take away. 1 Timothy 1.15 says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And if he's still in his grave, Jesus didn't rise, we're not free, we're not forgiven, we're not cleansed. We're just as lost, just as guilty, just as condemned as we ever were. I might as well have you stand up and sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing. What can make me whole again? Nothing. If Jesus didn't rise from the grave, then we're still in our sin fifth disastrous result is our loved ones have perished, verse 18. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. Tell you what, if Jesus didn't rise, then funerals are a farce. Paul gave us a great passage that I use often in funerals, and that's first, or, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 4 where it says, when Jesus comes back, the dead in Christ shall rise first. And Paul says, I want you to use these words as a comfort to people. But see, if Jesus didn't rise, then those are words of derision. Those are just taunting words. Because that's not going to happen. All those people who died believing in Christ that you thought were in heaven, guess what? They're not there. They sing that song, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? There is no circle. If Jesus didn't rise, all your loved ones and everyone else who died in Christ, believing in him, Jesus didn't rise, then Paul, who said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, is absent from the body and absent from the Lord. If Jesus didn't rise, then Peter, who said we have an inheritance reserved for us in heaven, 
is in hell today. If Jesus didn't rise, then John, who saw the vision of the city of God, was just dreaming because he'll never be there. If Jesus didn't rise, then everyone who ever lived has perished. And you and I are just a heartbeat away. And then the sixth disastrous result. We are the most pitiful people in the world. Look at verse 19. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. If there's no resurrection, then I have wasted my life. And you have as well. We've all been fighting temptation, struggling with sin, seeking to please Christ. We've been going to Bible studies. We've been bearing our cross. We've been suffering reproach. We've been trying to witness to people. It doesn't matter. We've built our lives on a foundation that can't hold us if Jesus didn't rise from the dead. And he says here, you're the most pitiful of all people. Why is that? Because we thought we had escaped. We thought we had gotten out of the sin and the drabness and the selfishness of life. We thought we had embraced a promise that brought us love and peace and joy. It's all taken away. And the result is that it's even darker than it would have been because we thought we saw the light. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, we're the most pitiful people in the world. So what's he tell us here? If Jesus didn't rise from the grave, here are the consequences. Our preaching is worthless. Our faith is worthless. The apostles were liars. We're still guilty of our sins. Our loved ones have perished, and we are the most pitiful people in the world. Now can you see the significance of the resurrection? Without it, we would have nothing. That's a pretty negative sermon. So I'm not going to leave you there. I'm going to move into verse 20, and watch what happens in verse 20. But now. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is but. Here he says, all these are the consequences if Christ didn't rise from the dead. But now. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. The truth is that Jesus has risen from the dead. And Jesus is alive today. And when you feed that truth back into these verses, here's what you get. Because Jesus rose from the dead, our preaching is invaluable. We have got the greatest message in the world, a message of hope, a message of peace, a message of life, a message of power. Because Jesus rose from the dead, our faith is invaluable because it is anchored in a living Savior. Because Jesus rose from the dead, the apostles spoke the truth. 
They were eyewitnesses of the resurrection and they gave their life to bring us that message. Because Christ rose from the dead, our sins are forgiven. We are cleansed. We are redeemed. We are made holy. God is satisfied. Because Jesus rose from the dead, our loved ones are in the presence of the Lord. And we can take confident assurance of that. And then sixthly, because Christ rose from the dead, we are of all men most to be envied because we have something that money can't buy. And let me add a seventh thing because you see it in verse 20. And that is because Jesus rose from the dead, we will rise also. He is the first fruits. We are the second fruits. And our resurrection is coming one day. Jesus said, because I live, you shall live also. Now let me close today with a question. What's the difference between what if Jesus didn't rise from the dead and what if you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead? Well, there is no difference. If you don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead, if you can't say today that I have accepted Jesus Christ, that he is the Lord of my life, if you can't say, as Artez said earlier, that I gave my life to him, that one who is alive today and he has changed me, if you can't say that, then all the negative consequences in verses 12 through 19 Let me tell you something today. Jesus wants to turn all those disastrous consequences into amazing blessings. If you will simply surrender your life in childlike faith to the one who is alive today because he conquered death, the one who still bears in his body the scars of Calvary, Jesus Christ. We're going to close our service today. I'm going to have the praise team come back. I'm going to invite you to come to Christ today if you haven't. I'm also going to challenge you that if you have entrusted your life to Jesus Christ, but you're not really living like he's alive today, I'm going to ask you to acknowledge that he is risen. And when you acknowledge that he is risen, you are saying, you are the Lord of death. And I don't think you can say, you're the Lord of death and the Lord of my future without saying, you're the Lord of my present. I surrender that to you. We'll stand and sing and close, and as we do, if you've never accepted him, I'm going to be down here at the front. I would love to show you how you can come to know Christ today. If you say you're a believer and say that your life is based on the foundation of the resurrection of Christ and it's not evident in the way you live your life, then let's get right in that relationship with him because you don't have to change it. He will. All you've got to do is give it to him. He is the master of resurrection. The problem is most of us aren't willing to die.
See, if you will lay down, he will resurrect you. Let's be challenged with that this morning as we sing and worship him.